0: I'm a big proponent of finding an agency, and I'm I'm gonna, and it's not just because it's what what I do for a living, but there's actual logistics behind it.
1: As our parents grow older, it can be difficult to guide them through their golden years while still respecting their autonomy and fitting it into our already complex lives. Welcome to the Parent Projects Podcast, where our guests share practical wisdom to tackle the issues that impact adult children of aging parents. I'm Tony Sievers. Thanks for joining us today. And welcome to this week's uh, edition of the Parent Projects Podcast. If I'm managing your family members, home health care solution seems insanely complicated for you. Maybe you live in one state, they live in another state. The rules seem different. The groups seem different. What pays for what, how it happens. You're just going to set it all aside because you think you can figure this out and you're going to build your own system. Buyer beware. Today is a good opportunity to stay tuned and listen to us as we talk with Julio Briones. And we're going to we're gonna talk specifically about this home health care, what the solutions are, some of the risks of that idea, maybe some of the bright spots. So stay tuned. The Parent Projects podcast starts right now. Hey everyone, we're joined this week with Julio Briones, and he's a business consultant. He specializes in the senior care business growth. He's got a concentration in strategic implementation for these businesses that are trying to pull themselves together, really get out of the gun to offer quality health care, home health care services to families. And that is no small feat. This is a, a really widely um, broken up. It is, it is segmented. Uh, rules are different from one place to the next. It is hard to rope that all together. This is a man, I honestly, Julio, thanks for coming in today. I, I'd say you probably, you can, you're somebody who can corral and hurdle cats, put them all kind of into one place a lot better. You make sense of a very complicated environment. And I appreciate it today. You're, we're going to have you kind of turn that, not just from that expert advice you're giving to the businesses, but today talk to a little bit about families, about after talking with dozens and dozens, if not over you know, 80 home healthcare organizations you've been able to start up, how, do, how this would look for us. If we just got so frustrated at home, we thought we're going to go it alone. And we're just gonna hire our own independent person to figure this out. Thanks for joining us, dude.
0: Thank you for having me, Tony. It's really a pleasure to be here. And yeah, that's that's definitely a, a tough topic. And a lot of families that I've dealt with over the years, you know, they they really find themselves in that tough spot. Like, what what do I do? You know, mom needs help. I have to work. You know, I call these agencies, uh, you know, I can't really afford it. So I think I'm just gonna go out and find somebody on my yeah. own. You know, yeah. And, and people don't realize there's, there's a lot of, a lot of dangers involved with that. There's a lot of things that people can, can get themselves into trouble really quickly.
1: So you've been doing this. I, I want to dig right in, kind of, um, you know, you, you, you and I were a, about the same age as we get, I think mm-hmm. we both started out in the military off of a yeah. background from that standpoint, serving our country in that way. And thank you for your service, mm-hmm. by
0: the way, this is my
1: fourth holiday. Um, you know, but how, talk to us about how you find a passion for this. How is it that you end up pouring your life's work and your time, talents, and treasures pointing you into this area of helping, uh, you know, families transition and building a stronger marketplace here?
0: Well, so for, for me, my story began back when, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, when I was 15, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, my mother was, uh, was actually working for a home care agency. My and uh, she, she was an office manager, operations director eventually. And she was like, look, I, I want you off the street. So she brought me in and she put me in to shadow a recruiter over the summer. And I just started working and understanding what the business was like, understanding caregivers, you know, and I, I loved the business aspect of this, even at that age. You know, fast forward a little bit of time, I go to the army, other events happen in my life and. All of a sudden, you know, my dad gets sick and here we are. My family is trying to go through exactly what you help people go through. And that's find a solution for an older loved one that's ill. Mm-hmm. So my dad developed brain tumors that show a lot like um, if if you're not familiar with what that kind of what it is to deal with somebody with brain cancer, they start to de- degenerate and degress kind of the same way that somebody with Alzheimer's or with dementia would, they would start to have the cognitive decline, except it happens really quickly. I mean, they're, they're fine. One minute, very literally over the span of six months, we completely lost him. You know, he, we didn't know who he, he didn't know who we were. He didn't know who he was half the time. You know, he started getting very aggressive and very difficult to manage. So, i I was off doing my own thing, and my father, my mother and my sister and my brother, they decided to go out and hire an agency. This agency was awful. They oh. you know and I, I, I hate to I hate to say this, but the facility he was put in and the agency that was hired, they just did such a poor job that i I believe this to this day that my father suffered unnecessarily. Because of the level of care that he got. But was gonna yeah.
1: I was just gonna say that I mean that is man, that is the that is a fear that sits with mm-hmm. a lot of us. Yeah as we step into this. And your mom going into this had worked in this industry. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. even come into so she was somewhat informed about that. Where she, did that
0: yeah, yeah. You know, she was, was very that, informed and it was actually one one of her friends that owned the agency. She uh, okay. had no clue, no clue yeah. what they were doing. And yeah. she just, you know, it, it, it became a mess. Yeah. Right? I, I know and I'm conscious of the fact, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they killed him. They didn't. He was going to die regardless. But there is a difference between going in peace and going in such an agitated state that, you know, and to have to die alone. He, he was eventually put on hospice inside a facility. The caregiver abandoned the shift about two hours before he died. So he had to literally die on his own overnight. Hmm. And it, to me, that's something unforgivable. I was very close to him, you know, and it, it hurt me in a serious way to the point where I sold a clothing store that I was running at the time. And I took a $13 an hour job to go work as a home care recruiter. And that, that was that became like something in my head snapped and that became my mission i said i'm going to go back to what i know i'm going to go because the one way to fix this problem is by preventing any other family from going through this by understanding the mistakes and that not the caregiver because i don't blame the caregiver i look at it then and still do today that poor care starts with management whoever's running everything and it works and it scales down that way if you understand how the business works, you understand how, how things need to run, and to put these safeguards in place, you're gonna give the end user, that person that desperately needs your help, you're gonna give them a better experience. You know, and, and this doesn't matter whether you're an agency owner or if you're just trying to find that caregiver that's out there working independently, you have to know what to look for. What are the warning signs? what are the red flags, and how do you mitigate this? Yeah
1: uh, I, I think that's exactly what I, I want to dive right back into. We are going to take our our first break uh, here, and when when we come back from that, uh, I, I want to get into talking of just the sheer the numbers of of problems that we see out there, what's what's moved everyone to do some action, including yourself. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with uh, Julio Briones as we talk about DIY and home healthcare solutions, the dangers and pitfalls. Stand by. Sometimes I'd like to smack old age right in the kisser.
0: I always get the best parking spot.
1: I think she needs a little more help. Monday. What I really need is a boyfriend that can drive at night. I can make a fashion statement out of anything.
0: I will be fabulous. I have a little crush on my pharmacist.
1: With Comfort Care at your side, you can live your best life possible. We know families can't be there 24-7, which is why we can help with as much or as little home care as you need. From medication reminders and meal prep to everyday chores and errands, so you can live in your own home on your terms. I wouldn't let aging stop me from being me. Call Comfort Care now and let us create your personalized care plan and find the perfect caregiver match. Can you show that number again? She was texting. Together with Comfort Care, you can both live your best life possible. Welcome back. You know, this week we've asked Julio Briones to join us. Now, Julio works with franchise support and strategic implementation inside the industry. He works to help develop methods that, make the owners of these home health care businesses take stock of what's going on and move their companies forward in a more positive direction. We just got a Julio, you know, we just got a chance to listen to what's pulled you into all of this. You know, you and I were talking ahead of time, the NIH study, the National Institute of Health study that came back here of just the sheer size of, of, of challenges or problems that families tend to have um, with 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 this. It's uh, 53% of, of, uh, of situations that are there com- was a complaint base of abuse. Why don't you, why not you throw that back down to me if you would.
0: All right. So one, one, you know, getting into this and, and when you're looking for like a private caregiver, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this in there. The number one thing that you're putting yourself at risk for if you're not choosing right, is that there's a huge potential for exploitation or abuse and that NIH study mentioned it's 53% of people complain or families complain that there's some instance of abuse. And the worst part is 33% of them, of the victims of abuse are physical. Yeah. There's people that they don't have the patience. They get in this because they think it's easy money. A lot of times, you know, we'll get into all of these other things. They'll, families will pay people in cash and they just think they can do whatever they want. You know, and the person unfortunately who pays for this is you know is, is the senior is the or our loved one, you know whether it's an adult with developmental disability whether or if it's you know uh, our parents, our uncles, aunts, whoever it is, it's yeah. someone we care about that's going to pay the price for it you know, and, and it's it's scary.
1: So maybe let's, let's break this up if we could, as we get in with this with morning flags and then what you're doing when you're going through that, uh, perhaps we could do this in uh, when we're going to look for an agency or when mm-hmm. we're going to put that solution together and then separate that from what we see once somebody's in place right. uh, and, and they're coming at us. Right.
0: Well, well the, when you're looking for an agency versus an independent caregiver, there there's two very different things and and this is some of the protections you get and yes i i know some of your viewers are sitting there and they're going yeah but you know agencies are so expensive i'm not going to disagree with that there are parts especially if you go on the private pay route today because of labor shortages the price of private home care has just gone up exponentially between minimum wages and everything else so but there's an expression that my grandfather used to always say and my mother repeats it to this day, you know, it's in Spanish. So roughly translated it's, you know, what is cheap comes out expensive. Okay. So if you're trying to just cut corners and save money, yeah, there's a few, I'm, I'm going to go over six major points that you're, you you got to watch out for. Number one, that potential for exploitation or for abuse. We already talked about that a little bit. That's a huge warning sign. When you're talking to an individual uh, and you're trying to hire privately, that's something you don't know. You're not doing some sort of evaluation on these people. You have nothing to, no background, nothing. You know, um, most of the time, even if the state requires some sort of licensing for those caregivers to work with an agency, they don't require it for you to hire them privately. So there's nothing, no way for you to verify that this is an actual experienced professional caregiver. Okay. Right? So agencies will protect you from that, doing it on your own, going on Craigslist or care.com won't. So most often in that, we're
1: saying that those protections apply to the businesses that are conducting that business. Right. They're usually what's being regulated and it, it may differ right. across these 50 states, but um, so make sure to, to look in your, within your own state there, but generally that's what it's aimed at. It's not aimed at the individual because it really isn't an individual licensure right. for for these for, for this particular role. It's just across the board on the business, and really only in a few states that actually have licensure requirements for that type of business, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about the private pay space, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There are some states that regulate Medicaid agencies, but they won't necessarily regulate the private pay agencies. But the private pay agencies are still regulated under a federal umbrella. There are requirements that they have to meet in order to continue to operate. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, paperwork, documentation, you know, some states don't require nurse visits, but there is supervision that's required. There's a lot of things in place. And most of it is aimed to protect the person being cared for from any form of, you know, exploitation, abuse, or other mishandling right. you know, an- another thing on this same, same topic, it's actually two in one background checks. They're not, they're not super easy to do on your own. All right. So if, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to go out and find somebody to take care of my dad, and I'm going down the street to find Maria, who I was told, you know, she knows how to take care of people. And, um, you know, I want to hire her at $18 an hour as opposed to paying 25 to the agency. You know, depending on where you are, those numbers greatly vary. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, yeah. you know uh, again, we're coming into the issue of, are you going to sit there and do a background check? Are you going to do a thorough and complete background check? If you're not, you're running the risk of you don't even know if Maria is her real name, okay? And you don't know if she's coming in there to to, uh, watch the house to see, to set that person up for robbery. I'm going to tell you in my years of doing this, I've seen it happen a number of times. I've seen it happen where clients have gone the DIY route and come to agencies I've been working with and say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, we need to see the background check. We need to see all of this stuff to make sure everything's legit because we hired somebody off whatever location, and they ended up setting us up in the house, got robbed, dad got hurt, you know, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. That's a big risk. And, you know, quite frankly, none of these caregivers that you're hiring independently, none of them are bonded. None of them are insured. You know, none of them went through any sort of uh, process and, you know, you're not carrying workman's comp and a big big misunderstanding here when people hire independently they think that well you know you know rover bites the caregiver my homeowner's insurance is going to cover it it's not they're not uh, the only time you may be able to get your insurance to cover it is if you have somebody as a domestic servant and you can get an additional policy to cover them right but you know, other than that's that, that's
1: still a rider. That's still a rider yeah. on policy that you've got to set out to that, do, and you kind of exactly. know to do those things, right? And they
0: don't. And like, here's another thing that a lot of people don't know to do most insurances, most, uh, I'm sorry, most businesses, most home care agencies carry something called EPLI, you know, that that's to protect them for when that caregiver decides that she wants to sue. You know, if the caregiver wants to sue you, even though you're, you're a, uh, you're, you're hiring them. You're their employer. Now they can come after you for wrongful termination. They can come after you for discrimination. They can come after you for any number of things and you're yeah. not protected. Yeah. You know, and, and the other last big point that I'm going to talk about with this before we get to the good stuff, you know, of how to fix it, solutions because that's really what matters. You know, it's workman's comp, disability insurance, payroll tax, social security tax. These are all things that you are still responsible for. All right. Even if you're just slipping them the money cash, you have no clue if that caregiver is going to file taxes as self-employed at the end of the year and put you down as their employer. So now you've opened yourself up to not only failing to pay taxes properly for a domestic employee, you're also opening yourself up for tax evasion or, or improper tax filings and huge fines because you don't know that you know, Maria does her taxes. Right. You know, you're just assuming she's working off the books for cash or then the other end of it. If you report it and you fail to hand hand over a proper 1099 and she doesn't go and report it because she thinks she's getting paid cash. Right. You know, and now it's it's a whole series of problems that can really bring you a lot of headaches. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't ever hire an independent caregiver. Financially, it's just it's hard. I, I get it. You know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, will give an example here. I was just before we came on, I was speaking to somebody who's starting an agency in uh, Massachusetts. They're charging like $40 an hour up there for care. That's a lot. That, that is seriously a lot of money for a family to come out of pocket with, especially if you're in that weird, if you fall into that weird area where you make, you have too much income revenue and assets for Medicaid, but, You don't quite have enough to sustain long-term care with, you know, through an agency. Like, what do you do? What, what do you do if you know, you have, you need that 24 seven care and because of overtime and because of all the other charges incurred, it's anywhere from 22 to $28,000 a month. That that's a, that's a lot if you're not prepared. Yeah. So, so what I would suggest is go find a company that will do background checks for you independently. You can actually, uh, there's a number of them. You just do a Google search, you know, for background check companies. And it usually costs anywhere from five to $25, depending on the level of the background check that you want. And you can have it done. That, that will save a lot of headache for you. Um, if you're hiring an independent person, make them fill out some uh, some sort of a basic application you can again google is a great resource go online simple job application fill it out have whoever it is you're bringing in do that do that um paperwork and save yourself the headache have them fill out the um you know the w4 or the w9 depending on how you're gonna pay them if you're actually gonna put payroll in place there's there's great apps now That make payroll affordable, like, you know, as cheap as 20 bucks a month, you know, there's some that'll even, some websites that'll even let you run a payroll for a domestic employee for free, as long as you write the check and you're willing to send in the money to the state yourself. Save yourself those problems. Like you mentioned before, get a rider on your homeowner's insurance policy to cover domestic employees. They're surprisingly inexpensive if you're only hiring one or two people. 're not you don't have to follow a lot of the same overtime laws because you aren't you're not paying them as a LLC or an S-corp you're paying them as an individual homeowner that is bringing in domestic help. So you're not in most states again check your local laws please you know but in most states you're not even responsible to pay that additional overtime if somebody works uh, more more than a certain amount of hours if you can have somebody live uh, live in the home, and you save yourself a lot of uh, the Department of Labor hassle that the agencies have to deal with. So there are solutions that you can put in place as long as you properly plan for, for uh, the event. And just like as a bonus thing, most of the people that are looking for help like this, they're not looking for it for themselves. So they're people in my age group, in your age group, you know, and this is something that they may wanna look into with whoever does their life insurance or you know health insurance ask them if they carry or if they can refer you to somebody that will provide a long term care policy the lo- the younger you are when you put one in place the cheaper the premium becomes you can get a solid policy for yourself that'll cover you know thousands every month or you can get lifetime policies that will cover, let you know, say two or $3 million over the course of your aging. We're not as a society, we're living longer. And that retirement at 65, you know, if you're living to a hundred, that's a long time to cover. And sometimes let's, let's be frank with the ups and downs in the economy who not everyone is always going to have a solution to cover a 30 year retirement of aging of getting sick of you know yeah. everything that comes with it and how long are you really going to rely on your children we're living so long in today's world that our children need help while we're still alive
1: and i think yeah. i think that's a i mean there is a a real there's a real there's a real, pro, there, there's a real th- thought around that in the the U.S. mindset, the way that we mm-hmm. work, right? So when you you look at other countries, you look at Central America, you look at South America, yeah. you look at the Eastern Bloc. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of guests and other families who've worked with and talked to who it is about, it's just the way the family yeah. lives. It is this level is, is Dio's family and and they live there and that's how that's going to work. And then mom and dad live here and you've got different, you know, different levels or something, right. whether it's a community living, we're just not built that way. We don't, we don't right. buy homes that way. Life's not going to come that way. If mm-hmm. it's, if that's something you your family's looking to jump into, man, there's a whole like lifestyle of yep. that that you need to be very real for and, and more power to you. If your family really wants to jump in to do it, right. just have a SPAC up plan. And give yourself some grace and a group some grace if that ends up being a lot more difficult than you expect. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it hard. <laughs> Culturally,
0: like my family's Cuban. My wife's definitely Salvadorian. All right. Okay. We're used to this. Yeah. And it's a huge lifestyle adjustment. Like my mom is is older. She's close to 80 now. You know, my sister, my brother, I, we, we figure it out every time my mother refuses to get help which is yeah. a whole different you know, set of issues because you know that that's a whole set of problems on their own like right. i right now as we speak my mother-in-law is at my house because yeah. again we're this is what we are used to we we are very family oriented and even with that it it takes a lot of preparation a lot of patience you know just a tremendous amount of patience to to just get everything set up and in place and you know, being part of that sandwich generation, it's not easy No. So, yeah. So th- that's, like I said the, the private caregiver piece, that's uh, kind of the way I look at, it. I'm a big proponent of finding an agency and I'm, I'm going to, and it's not just because it's what, what I do for a living, but there's actual logistics behind it. All right. So if I hire Maria from down the street, all right, to come in and take care of mom, What's going to happen when Maria catches cold? You know, I, I have nobody else to call. I have to stop my entire life.
1: Yeah. Or
0: I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example um, of some people I worked with uh, years ago before I went into consulting when I was still working in home care. This family, they left the agency because they found, they found a caregiver that was going to stay there all of a sudden the caregiver comes in and says, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you tomorrow. I'm going back to my home country for the next six months. You know, what do you do right now? It's not just, Oh, I have to rearrange my life for a day. Now you have to scramble and get things put in place that, that you, you didn't have any clue as to what to do.
1: Well, (laughs) you're looking that our (laughs) families looked at this um, and, and we, we've got a, we've, we made the promise as a family, right. That, family mm. member could stay in their home until they couldn't remember anybody. Right. And we're right. going to ride this out. And that—that that is a promise that is more difficult to keep than I think we really understood yes. at, at the time in which we did. Now we recognize that means you need to be prepared for how to handle the day before that day and every right. day that comes up to it. You have to know, yes. well, how's that day going to be taken care of? Right. How do you, how do you do that in a safe way where they're happy yes. and healthy yes. and, and everybody's got this together um, when you, so you start looking at other solutions to pull through, but really it looks like there's probably going to be a lot of turnover because you're looking as you think, you're thinking, well, this person doesn't go home at night. They don't have a family. They don't have these other, well, that's now you're looking at that population of people that are available to help you off of this starts yeah. whittling down really, 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 real really quickly, fast, man, real yeah. fast. And and if that's the one, if you're trying to swap that out without having a partner, like an agency that has yeah. that is just great at recruiting them and understanding them and keeping them on and and moving that, that could be really problematic. Yeah, yeah. If you're the one that's out there trying to flip over and get that next person, you can find yourself actually disrupting life a lot, filling in those gaps between caregivers. Right.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and and the other thing, you know, here here's something that even and I gotta say this just in my line of work i found even agencies don't quite understand it there's a difference in the demographic and psychological makeup of somebody who's just looking to make a fast buck working for example like medicaid or just trying to pick something up versus who is really going to be in it for the long haul who's that great private working caregiver that has the skill set the tenacity the responsibility personal accountability and most importantly Compassion and patience to deal with your loved ones. Yeah, there's a big difference in the two. They 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 don't live in the same areas. They don't they don't associate in the same areas. They have a different family makeup. It's it's a lot of different things that come into play when you're trying to figure out who is going to be not just a reliable caregiver, but who's going to be a quality caregiver.
1: Yeah, uh, that that's I think. Uh excellent way to, to tackle that one. Uh, we're going to take a, I think at that, I'm going to, we're going to take a knee into our, our second break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Julio Briones, who is breaking down some of those secrets, both the, the pitfalls, as well as the benefits of thinking about a DIY for your own home healthcare solution. So stay tuned. We're here with the Parent Projects podcast. We'll be right back after this.
0: If you're caring for aging parents, you need Parent Projects Connect. Here's why. First, you get access to a verified business network, so you're only working with the most trustworthy vendors who won't take advantage of your situation. Second, Parent Projects guides you through modules and tasks on health, financial, real estate, and medical decisions, so you're always prepared for what's next. Third, you can invite family members into your projects so your family is in the know and working together. Get started with a free 30-day trial today at parentprojects.com.
1: And this week, we're sitting down with Julio Brionis, who we've asked to come in and talk about what are the dangers, what are the benefits of a DIY home health care solution? Is this something that a family can do? And if we're going to do it, how do we do it well? What are the things to think about? And then if we get to that point to where you got to tap out, who is it that you're looking for or, or what can you be recognizing and when to tap out and how that transition might go in finding a good quality home healthcare solution to come help you out and pour into you. Julio, again, man, thanks so much for stepping in and joining me today mm-hmm. and breaking down this topic. It's a great conversation.
0: Oh, thank you. And again, I, thank you so much for uh, having me on here. You know, it, it to me, this is just as a, like I mentioned earlier, such a personal topic for me that uh, I I could talk about it all day.
1: Yeah, yeah well, you and me yeah. both. And, and I know we yeah. both have the throes of, of not just a passion of doing it before, but we have it in front of us. And, yeah. and kind of in the throes of it now. So, yeah. so you look, you, brother, we, we talked about breaking this down maybe at that, um, at that looking and setting something like this up where you go to set that up. You did a great job of walking through. I'm going to try to recap that first segment that, that, mm-hmm. that you went through real quickly. Um, and then I, we could jump into so you got a solution in play, either it's your own solution that's gone into place, what are, or you've got a company that's in there. What are some of those flags to respond to? and and kind of moved in different directions, right. but in that in that first segment we talked about when we're looking, you, you know, you did a great job of pointing out six different major real difficulties and challenges that we're going to need some real planning ahead of time. You talked about that a majority of caregivers out there aren't necessarily bonded or insured, particularly if you're going to pick them up on their own. If they're a, a mm-hmm. one a one off and they're not covered with under the umbrella of an organization that's coming through, that's going to take some 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 detailed work ahead of time to look for and to make sure to get solved. You talked about background checks, uh, that this it's, it's not an intuitive. I'm a former police officer myself. Um, I've, I've worked from that. I understand too that in, and I've been a private, I've, I've done private investigation work too. I know that even getting into that, that background check, they vary. You're not always, it's, you need to know what type of background check that you're getting when you do that so that you know mm-hmm. where they're from. You talked about great ways of, picking up things like applications, you would need to understand where they've been everywhere that they have been so that you can ensure that you've got a background check that has all of that. And you need to know that you legally can do that and do that, pull that background check in a legal way so that you don't get yourself into trouble. Um, We went into payroll taxes, disability insurance, workman's compensation, all of the legalities that it comes with being an employer. And uh, you, you talked, um, a lot of how to mitigate that utilizing off the, you know, you could utilize a payroll company that could really help you with domestic employees. Again, really a key point to this is, you know, you, one company does a lot of this stuff or what you're, if you're not noticing yet, you can kind of pick up small companies that are picking up smaller tasks for you, but you're going to be engaging other people to help you get through this. If you want to do this right and not bring more pain upon yourself. Uh, we went through backup coverage so you, I mean, you talked to a story of that, you know, that that family who left because they found that caregiver who could move in, and then just after they make the transition, the caregiver, you know, is out, and they they, are, yeah. they head back to their home country to go visit some people for a while, and that is, I think, whether it's that or it's, you know, maybe maybe it's it's a younger caregiver who meets somebody and decides to start a family yep. needs to leave in the middle of that, like the difficulty mm-hmm. of that. Whether we broke down that 53% of people were complaining with the NIH study that there was some form of abuse, 33% of that being physical, the risk of theft and that exploitation of abuse being five and six in your list, important, important things to ensure, you know, how do you weed through and make sure that this person not only has the right background, they have the right temperament for what it is that they're going to do, that bedside manner, they're getting professional Training and continuing education, and mm-hmm. how to keep up on that. How to how to keep up with the latest greatest of technology, which oh my gosh, is changing like
0: oh, week minute. Yeah.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh, there's just so many new and incredible things that are out there, yeah. and and somebody you know getting that that to them, and that that, that they've got that pipeline of continuing education, so they mm-hmm. can help your family leverage those things in there. These were great reasons to really consider using an, a you know a whole takeout plan with the group. But at the same side, you broke down some some practical ways that your family could start at it themselves. How yeah. do we do? How do we do? Yep.
0: Yeah. Great, great. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, All right. So that I mean that's a great recap. Um I couldn't have said it better myself. So the now let's let's talk about um move into what you mentioned a minute ago. What happens when you've done all You've done all your homework, you've gone yep. you've got yep. ground checks. Now you're just like, well, well, what the heck, you know? I need, I need to just go get an agency. What are my options, okay? So he, here's a couple of things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this in two different steps, okay? okay. Number one, I'm gonna talk a little bit about, uh, get a little deeper into the funding, and then the second is to, regardless of the funding, what's, what makes a good agency, right? Because there's great agencies and then there's really bad agencies. So let's let's talk about what to look for. Save yourself the headache. If you have to go the agency route, let's find a good one. Okay. okay, let's do it. So first, you got you got basic ways of paying for things. If you're a veteran, you got aid in attendance or VA home care. Okay, depending on your disability rating, you'll get VA home care. Depending on your income status and um, how knowledgeable people are in helping you, you can get uh, aid in attendance pension. Okay. Uh, those are great. They're, they take a while to get. The pitfall I'm going to warn you on this is that there's a lot of companies out there that will help you do the paperwork for aid and attendance. Watch out for the ones that make you take out a loan, not the ones that make, that give you the option. Okay. So there's some that give you the option up to you if you want to get a loan out. There's a bunch of, I think, um, I'm not gonna.
1: Yeah, but but so that back. if but, if I is mm-hmm. a veteran where I've seen those have been um, ones that essentially say, well, we're going to start this off with a private pay model on there. Yeah. We're going to ask you to take a loan to cover that private pay Correct. now, and then it's going to get paid back coming out of here. And, Whereas others would just say it's going to be private pay. As we walk through this, right. you're, just note that that's how that is. There's a loan available to you, but they don't they don't really they push don't you into you do that it. loan. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, the reason I warn against that, look, if you're sure that you meet the requirements, go for it. If you need the help, don't shy away from the loan if it's an option, okay? Just make sure it's a reputable company and make sure that, that you are not responsible for the loan should the company have made a mistake and you get denied the benefit. Yeah. Okay? Those are the big pitfalls there. The next we're going to talk about another very common way people get help is Medicaid. Depending on the state you live in, please look up your own regulations. It'll cover a certain number of hours a week. Usually, uh, max, most states, it's, it's a maximum of like 12 to 16 hours a day. They don't really do a lot of living stuff because it's, it's cheaper for the state to push you into an assisted living than it is to provide right. home care when you get into that volume of hours. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you know that if you're doing that that you're following proper procedure get some get one of these companies to help you or uh, find an elder law attorney that'll help you if you need to do a spend down okay yeah. so you might have just over the assets and you want to make sure that you are properly handling the spend down process otherwise in most states the penalty can be as high as 5 to 10 years where you'll be penalized against taking getting medicaid or any other state funded assistance for doing the process incorrectly yeah, okay. you know,
1: and, and and those are for those of you that didn't cover in other episodes, we've got these, you can mm-hmm. hashtag or look below, you'll see different things from from Miller Trust, healthcare spending trust, all okay. types of different, make yeah. sure you do look at that and understand that. And yeah. in particular, that penalization, let, let's be clear off of that, uh, Julio, that means Medicaid, you're going to start into that at a private pay. And that is essentially yeah. Medicaid saying we're going to sit on the fence. Until you put that so much time the out of that. your mm-hmm. pocket yep. going into that. And, and yeah. they, they include in almost every state, and they all have a little different swings as to what's included and what's mm-hmm. not off of that. That's why you should use an attorney for this, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to look five years backwards, by the way. So, yep. like you're planning out, just like he said, that boy, long term care insurance seems to be insanely important for our yes. age group right now. Um, uh, but on the other side, if you haven't started planning and if you know that you're, you're likely to wind up in, in a long-term care need off of that, start thinking of, and you're going to be in that, that kind of in-between yeah. area of life from that, which honestly is probably less than three quarters of a million dollars, $750,000 and less to pretty much wipe out.
0: Oh, you can look, if quick. you, if you get sick enough, fast enough, you'll wipe through, um, uh, You'll wipe out uh, 750000 in less than two years. Yeah. You know? So And so, that is,
1: that's yeah. those are real things, Peeps. So real things, think about that. Know that, that you need to be thinking, if you want to, you know, mom's going to give this and you're going to give this away and these things are going to go. You are not talking about, no. now what the conversation is not is inheritance and a right. work against that. This is a different conversation and the two yep. collide and they're very complicated. You but absolutely
0: need a professional. You've do. you
1: got to get this right. This is one, Mm -hmm. absolutely one to get right. And by the way, you could probably get two different answers if you are going to an attorney who's working to protect you for how those assets pass down from one to the next and one who's there to ensure that you're getting the Medicare spending that you're going to need or whatever that assistant looks like while they're still alive so right. you're gonna have to balance that out uh and yeah. work through. you
0: need a specialist it, yeah you do not an estate planner a specialist elder law or geriatric attorney uh, yeah they they have to know what they're doing so but the next thing that is common when it comes to this is medicare people always end up in the skilled nursing facility or the hospital oh no i'm not worried about it medicare will take care of it the, the short answer is no all right yeah. <laughs> medicare if if you spent enough time in a skilled nursing facility or had a serious enough injury or illness, they, that you qualify, you're going to get an average of one to three hours per shift, one to three times per week for a cap of about 120 hours a year, depending on which advantage plan you have. All right. And it's very limited and you don't really get a lot of say in what happens. Okay. It's, it's under a doctor's order and that's that. So if you're banking on that, please start rethinking your strategy. Yeah. Next, uh, we're going to move into the okay. long-term care. I'll mention yeah. that again, because yeah. you know, yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. It, if you're watching this and you're between 45 and 55 years old, look into a long-term care policy for yourself. When, when you need it and you got to crack it open, there's a lot of things to understand there's the there's uh elimination periods there's you know which is deductible there's a whole lot of stuff going on there go find one it'll you'll You'll thank me for it when you're 75. All right. Yeah. So, and your kids, the, your
1: kids are going to write love letters like yes, this. Yes. Oh,
0: your kids, your kids will build a statue in my honor when they see that, <laughs> you know, how much money they're saving by having that policy, by you being yeah. smart enough to have that policy in place. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, it's a lifesaver because it acts as cash. Okay. That's the big thing about it it acts as cash. And the younger you are, when you start it, I'll say this again, the cheaper it comes out after a certain age, you can't even get written for one of those policies. So if, if you wait till you're 65, Oh, I'm about to retire. That policy is going to cost you a small fortune. Okay. And it's not going to give you much coverage because you waited too long. The ideal time is, you know, under 55. That's, that's uh find whoever it is that you deal with for insurance and let them explain to that. And then finally we have cash, you know, cash is the final way. And I'm sure if you look through this podcast, there's a bunch of people that can explain alternative funding methods for senior care. So moving on, now that we understand the paying, how you're going to pay for this uh, in a very short way, let's talk about what makes a good home care agency. Now this is regardless. I don't care. If you're looking for a hospice agency, I don't care if you're looking for home health because you need skilled care. I don't care if you're looking for a Medicaid agency or a private pay agency that's billing themselves as top of the line. couple of things to keep in mind. There is absolutely zero difference between a franchise or a locally operated uh, agency. That's number one, because franchises are independently owned and operated, and you're still dealing with a human being that may or may not have any experience in this industry whatsoever and with franchises having been a franchising consultant for many years before I went into independent consulting. Um, I, I got to tell you half these people have other clueless and the training that they receive on average is three to seven days. That's it. They get three to seven days training on how to operate a home care agency before, they start the process to open their business. So it's you're not getting anything necessarily better or worse. Some franchises are more reputable, but when it comes down to is these specific things. Number one, do a Google search. We live in an era where you have all of the information known to man on a device that fits in the palm of your hand, okay? <laughs> including something called social proof. Back when, you know, back when uh, me and Tony were young, when we needed to know if, you know, the pizza place down the street was any good, we would ask our buddies, hey, did you ever eat at Domino's? Yeah, you know, their pizza's okay, but blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. And if you got enough people telling you that the pizza was good, you went and ate there. You know, if you wanted to find a good auto mechanic, again, you figured out whose car did they mess up. all All right. And that's how businesses grew or fell by word of mouth. Today, especially in the post-COVID world, that information is much, much faster to get your hands on. You very literally type in the business name into Google and you can look at their reviews. This is important. There's two specific places you want to look for when it comes to home care. Number one is the Google reviews. What are other people saying about that business? Now, there's people, naysayers out there that'll tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, people can make those up. Yes, they absolutely can. But here's the difference. If the agency has been open for five years down the street and you see that they only have one or two Google reviews, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad agency. But I would much rather trust the agency that's been open for five years with 50 Google reviews. At least I could see what people are legitimately saying about how they conduct their business. The second place, and this is one that most people don't think of, go to Indeed, okay? What are employees saying about working for that particular agency? How an agency treats their employees is going to matter dramatically on the level of care and concern that they're going to have on how those employees behave in your home, okay? Make sure that they're nurturing quality caregivers, that they're nurturing, you know, that they're, that they're actually concerned about the behavior that people, you know, that if you see a group of angry caregivers and you see that they're saying, oh, this agency, they're unfair and unreasonable. And you see that yeah. the agency is responding, we were unreasonable, but you did no call, no show five times. That means they are concerned about their product, their service. Here is something that, you know, I, I go through a lot with my clients. I call it the 1% rule. If you go into any given area and let's say let's just say for example hackensack new jersey just for argument's sake if i were to type in home care in hackensack new jersey i'm going to find about 150 agencies okay that's a lot here's the beauty of it there's only a limited amount of caregivers new jersey is a highly regulated state so that means out of 10 agencies I will call, I will probably get the same caregiver at least four times, okay? Every agency is going to tell me that they have a nurse on staff. You know what? It is regulated. They are mandated by state law to do that. So of course they're going to have a nurse on hand. You know, They go above and beyond, which is one of the statements I hate more than anything else because nobody ever explains what that means. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So that tells me that 99% of these agencies in that local market do the exact same thing. They all are competitively priced. They all there. So it means they're all within one to $2 of each other. Yeah. They all are hiring from the same pool of and caregivers. Cool. They're all going to the same facilities and they all have relationships with the same referral partners. So ask yourself this, what makes them different? What makes them different and what you should always look at is how they are going to respond when something goes bad. And this is why we'll go back to the first part, social proof, word of mouth, what's going on. Ask to meet them. They were, Especially in a post-COVID world, they're all going to push, oh, we can meet through Zoom. We can meet on the phone because they don't want to leave. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Get that personal touch. What is it that you are getting for the money? Because look, it's no different than if I were to tell you hey, Tony, you know what? Go outside your door right now and I've got a brand new Mercedes SL500 that you can have for the low, low price of $500. You're going to look at me like I'm crazy and ask yourself what's wrong with that car, okay? Because of the price. Does it really matter? The price and the car, the car is going to still get you from point A to point B. The home care agency is going to provide a caregiver. What is it that's that's going to differentiate it is the quality, now, if I were to tell you the same thing and I would say, hey, Tony, you know what? I got a, a, Toyota, a Toyota Corolla out back for you. Cheap, only $125,000. Again, you're going to look at me like I'm crazy you know, because it's overpriced. And that's what, that's what you have to look at when you're shopping around for a home care agency. Doesn't matter to me, again, Medicaid, Medicare, it doesn't matter who's paying for it. Look at the quality of the product the product is not the caregiver the qual- the product is the quality of care that you are receiving how much concern will they have are they actually going to make an earnest effort when that caregiver calls out to find you replacement that day yeah you know? yeah and and this is where the whole thing comes in for example medicaid agencies have a higher client turnaround rate you're looking at probably you know on any given time 15 20 percent of clients will bounce one client might run through five or six agencies depending on the market you know um i've seen clients run through as many as 15 or 20 agencies you know um depending on how how strict the state is with changing agencies under medicaid private pay it's a little bit different it's a higher level of service your average family will only change agencies maybe once okay um Uh, the service usually has to be pretty bad because the caregivers are tend to get very attached to the family. And it's not as easy to take service with the caregiver with you in private pay as it is in Medicaid. You know, the the rules are much more strict on what you can do as an employer. So that is the biggest thing to look for. If you see that the, if you call the agency and you start services on the very first day, somebody from the office did not at least communicate with you to start the case. And if it's private pay, I, I always say, if, if a physical body from the office did not come with that caregiver to start that case, that's a red flag. That that's a red flag to see the quality of the care that you're getting. Yeah. You know, high touch, high contact usually means to better results. You know, how often as time goes on, how often is this, um, agency communicating with you are they trying to build a legitimate relationship with your family again regardless of private pay or or medicaid are they trying to get to know you and how to how to provide the care that you legitimately need yeah or are you just a number to them you know when you call do they sound like interested in speaking to you you know if because if they're not interested with you before you sign up what makes you think they're going to care when something goes wrong
1: Well, you know, those are that something goes wrong is the crux of a parent project. I mean, those are these things are there, especially because in a lot of parent projects and and what we look to do is to help families be able to do more for themselves as long as possible, which means things Mm -hmm. are going to there's going to be bumps. There's going to be more bumps in that. This is something that we as human beings do maybe two to four times at the most in our life. Right. If you're handling your parents and your spouse's parents, you're not going to be awesome at this. You're just like. Things are going to go wrong. When you when you're mm-hmm. jump, when you're talking with organizations, you having an organization that can be nimble with you, that can yes. respond. That responsiveness is great. I don't expect perfect reviews. When I look and we do verification no. of these vendors, and when we look for that, we do not look for a perfect review off of that, right? We're looking for that four-star, at least somebody who can maintain that four-star. And when we're looking for those comments against reputation management at pair projects, we're looking for that responsiveness to that, did right. it get posted? Did the company respond against that? Did they make an earnest effort to try to deal with that, figure out what was, what was going down? There are there are some families who are, their own grief is just going to put them where they're going to be, right? And, right. and that's, if if a rational person could look at this, un- look at the situation from both sides and go, ah, like these people just can't agree. This wasn't a good match against this. Right. That that is that is what that is. And I think most will give that leniency or will give that grace to the situation. But when you're when you are screening those organizations, those are the things that think I, I, I love that you're bringing that up. I love bringing up the or I love the idea, too, of asking them questions in those meetings about what your policies look like if somebody calls yes. out. What happens if my caregiver uh, tests positive for covid and can't show up or, you know, they is sick or what? Ask what them what to they provide
0: they a the background out? check you legally yeah. in most states you can just tell the agency i want to see the background check and they have to provide it yeah. you know you want to know you want to know who you're bringing into your home yeah but now uh, just to, again to jump on the back of what you're saying everybody makes mistakes it's how you handle it that makes you a good agency or a bad agency Yeah. and on the same note with the I just want to clarify something on the Google reviews. Some people are very experienced and very knowledgeable, but they're just new at the agency. Ask the owner or the people in charge or whoever it is that's coming, ask them about their experience in caregiving. So, you know, if I go to do the in-home and close the sale and sign up the client, don't be afraid to ask me, Hey, what's your background? Like how how long have you been doing this? You know, I'm I'm concerned what happens if a caregiver doesn't show up and doesn't call, you know, what do, I still get coverage that day, even if it's late, ask yeah. them these things. Yeah. If you have, if you need to go be at work by nine and you have to leave your house by eight, what happens when it's eight 30 and the caregiver didn't show up, you know, what is the company's policy or, or protocol for handling things like that? Yeah. You know, so these are all things you want to make sure that, that you ask and that, you know, to give you the better experience. Well, your those pain... things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I'm go sorry. Will, will will things like that be something that will be documented in uh, in their and what they give you or the their policies, no. procedures, or something? Okay. Yes.
0: They they every uh, every state requires for li- that every state that has licensing requires an agency to have policies and procedures. And there's you can actually go to your state website. Uh, It's either under Board of Nursing or the Department of Health or Department of Aging, depending on what state you're in. And you can actually look up what are the policy requirements to open a home care agency in your area and look them up. And whatever policy is there, you need to ask them for it. And if you are concerned about something and you don't see the policy as being state mandated, ask them if they have a policy or so basically they just check the boxes so that they can get licensed or are they legitimately trying to run a business that's going to be for the betterment of the client?
1: Yeah. Great. Excellent. Excellent, mm-hmm. man. Um, okay. Those are, so that is just sound. That is great. <laughs> sound advice. I think like you said, you and I could go with this. We could talk yeah. about this all day long, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that is a, a, a good chunk Drinking out of the fire hose. For those of you that continue to follow and work with us, these podcasts is going to be broken up. It'll be chapter down below, so check that out in the comments. By the way, if you don't subscribe to us, you know hit that subscribe and that like button. It does help us in the algorithms. Continues to keep this content relevant for everybody out there. Uh, Julio, tell us how can uh, people get more information from you or talk with you about about what you do, or if they're a company even that. Maybe they, they're in home health care. They've got a company out there and they want to work with you guys as well. How how do people find you?
0: Well, the easiest way is to go to my website and that's www.thebrionisgroup.com. All right. Yeah, there it is. All right. So you can just go on there. And if you're a home care agency or home health or assisted living or anything looking for strategic support or strategic planning help, by all means, book a discovery call with me. And if you're just, interested in what I said and you want to run through a few things, look, I open stuff up Just shoot me an email. There's my email is right on my website and I'll happily answer any questions to help guide you along the way. Uh, it's, it's about for making sure that no other family went through what my family went through. And yeah. that's why I do this. You know, it's, it, it for me, like I said, it's a passion project. I, I don't, you know, I, I love what I do and I do believe firmly in that better Better quality service gives much better outcomes.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you've you've just laid that out really well. I think anybody else can see that in you, man. And I commend you. I appreciate the time that you've spent with us and for sharing your time, talents, and treasures with us. Julio, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, that's it for the team this week, and thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed the content, remember to subscribe and to share this episode on the app that you're using right now. Your reviews and your comments, they really help us expand our reach as well as our perspective. So if you have time, also drop us a note. Let us know how we're doing. For tips and tools to clarify your parent project, simplify communication with your stakeholders, and verify the professionals that you choose, you can find us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for trusting us until our next episode. Behold and be held. Thank you for listening to this Parent Projects podcast production. To access our show notes, resources, or forums, join us on your favorite social media platform or go to parentprojects.com. This show is for informational and educational purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional credential in your local area. This show is copyrighted by Family Media and Technology Group, Incorporated and Parent Projects, LLC. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcast.